I'm Paul Comfort. Welcome to a special edition of Transit Unplugged. On today's edition, we continue our seven-part series on transit in Australia, the land down under. And we have as our special guest, Steve Butcher, who is the executive general manager for rail for the massive P3 company called John Holland. John Holland does these big design, build, operate, finance, and maintain projects for transportation and infrastructure throughout Australia, Asia, and around the world. Steve heads up the rail division there in Sydney, Australia. And today we talked to him about what it takes to build a massive transit project, how you motivate people to get projects done on time and under budget, what it means to really deliver on these massive projects which really alter the landscape of a whole city and region. I think you'll find this a fascinating look inside the mind of Steve Butcher, but also inside the psyche of what it takes to run a massive organization that is responsible for building multi-billion dollar projects on this edition of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. I'm Paul Comfort. Welcome to another edition of Transit Unplugged. And this is part of our special Australia series, Transit Down Under. And today I'm excited to be with Steve Butcher, who's the executive general manager or in American parlance, the CEO of John Holland, which is one of the world's largest transportation construction and operation entities. And he'll tell us all about that in just a minute. Happy to be in his office here in Sydney, Australia. Steve, thanks for being with us on the show. Pleasure, absolutely. So um, I guess as we get started, this is, uh, you play a unique role, not only here in Australia, but around the world, your company does. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you work in concert with transit agencies to make their dreams come true. Okay, so John Holland is a is primarily started as a construction business, and I guess in the in the early days we were about building railways and building railways throughout Australia. As we've moved forward, we've moved clearly um, to working with the transit agencies and the authorities, because actually from in recent years it's moved from just the the separation of design and build to an operations and maintenance into having a fully integrated model that's a full end-to-end service. So John Holland in the rail division currently is that what we would do, we design and we build the railway. We overlay it with you know, the track and the signals and the signal integration, the testing and commissioning. But also the conduit then is that we would put skin in the game that actually then goes, we are then gonna be responsible for operating and maintaining it for however long the concession is. And sometimes that may be five years, sometimes the longest might be even 30 years. So what it actually does is it gives our clients and gives the transit agencies and reacting to their feedback, it gives them security that they've got a continuum all the way from designing a railway through to you're going to actually design it and you're going to build it in the best possible way because, to be honest, you're going to then have the responsibility of then going forward and operating and maintaining it. Whereas in the past, there has been some elements of somebody going and design and building the railway and then the operators come along at the last, uh, uh, towards the end of the process and then there is a doubt then as to whether that railway would perform or improve under continuous improvement under performance mechanisms for, um, for, for, for that design. So 
a lot of clients throughout the world now, and the model is growing, is that Uber, on a greenfield site, where they then get somebody to design and build the railway, they will then get you to do all the way through to the end, and that is to then go and operate and maintain it in the consortium that you're in. Very good. And so um, you're not just here in Australia. Your company has a big footprint throughout Asia, right? Absolutely. I mean, primarily um, most of our businesses are in Australia and New Zealand. We have an office in Singapore. John Holland, I, I'm one of the divisions in John Holland. So John Holland has, a, has, has an infrastructure division. Um, and that is around, you know, they, John Holland, we will build, we build roads and we build, you know, we build lots of other infrastructure. It has a building division as well. So some of the buildings, both in Sydney and Melbourne, we've, we've, we've built and we've, um, we are, you know, we maintain those as well. Um, and then the predominant, you know, the, the one that is um, clearly close to all our arts is the rail division. And that's the one I, I lead. And I guess from that point of view, primarily it's been, you know, probably the leading rail provider in Australia. Um, we have an international strategy and we're exercising that international strategy and we're currently working in a project in Toronto, in Canada, to, I guess, bid for the, uh, the RER, the Regional Express Rail. And that's in Toronto. That's a 30-year concession, a 30-year... Uh, we're, in, we're in a partnership on that. So we're in a partnership with a, a DNC partner because there's an element of line extensions and, and, and some rebuild of a number of stations. But there's also a concession to then go and operate and maintain that. So we're in a consortium in Toronto, in Canada. We're also looking at our international strategy about where else in the world we can add value because we don't just want to be in locations just for just you know just for global spread. Right. We only want to do projects and we own, we, where we actually add the value and we can live by the true values that we have. And that is how can we not only add value for money for the clients, how can we serve the communities and how can we then transform people's lives? I love your personal story and how you came from as an operator, right? A rail operator in England to now heading up, you know, this big consortium here. Tell us a little about your personal story and how you ended up as the CEO of this company. Oh, well, I mean, I, uh, I joined British Rail 38 years ago and, 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 and back in the UK. And I think most people know from my accent where I'm from. But um, so I, I, joined, I joined British Rail pretty much straight from school. Uh, not quite, but pretty much straight from school. Being in a construction business was not even in my mindset, not only then, but probably even five years ago, because most of my career has either been in the train crew, i.e. guards, drivers, control centre, I then was an operations director. I've then been a chief operating officer and managing director of a, of a, of a, of a railway. Um, prior to joining John Holland, I was the managing director of global transport in Serco, uh, which is a, a global international services business. So actually, I have probably come from a, a, a less conventional, conventional route, is that I actually did start right at the bottom. I started my career you know, sweeping the platforms and cleaning the toilets. I mean, rail has constantly been in my blood. That's all I've ever really wanted to do. It's actually all I've, you know, I could say all I've been, I've been good at, really. But, but anyway, I, um, but, but, you know, and then I've been very fortunate in my life. I've worked for some very, very good bosses, some very good businesses. I've had some good opportunities that I've lived and worked around the world. So I've lived in America, in, in, in Reston, in Virginia, when I was with Serco. I've lived in Dubai, I've lived in India. 
Um, clearly now living in Australia and, and, and what a fantastic time it's to be. I genuinely feel um, that there is no better time to ever be in the rail industry than now, whether it be anywhere in the world and certainly Australia with you know, new mega projects coming up such as Sydney Metro West, projects in the Middle East, um, projects in, 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 in North America and, and in Canada. Um, but certainly over here in Australia, you know, Inland Rail, if I look at um, the new airport line, lines, projects that we're currently on in terms of Melbourne, the Melbourne Metro project. And, you know, we've got two big, we're partners in two big consortiums there in terms of tunnel boring machines and stations and, 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 um, and, and doing work um, with Melbourne trains. And, and that's a good relationship because we, we are in a partnership that is, that is operating maintaining Melbourne trains, but we're also doing some of the odd core DNC type work, design and construction on Melbourne Metro in a number of packages there. So I guess if somebody had said to me 38 years ago, you'd be sat in this boardroom in the middle of Sydney, leading a two and a half billion dollar business and certainly sweeping platforms, I would have laughed at you to be yeah. quite frank. <laughs> But it's a, uh, it's a great example of, you know, they, uh, I got a chapter in my book called Full Throttle called Do Not Despise the Day of Small Beginnings. Absolutely. Because when you start at the bottom, you learn it, right? And then when you're at the top, you have integrity, you have authenticity that other people who maybe didn't come that way don't have. No, and, and, and I think so. I don't think it's just about that. I, I think you've got to be very conscious of, and I, you know, last week, I put this on LinkedIn actually recently, that... You know, last week I was out in the middle of the Pilbara with 30 guys that were building a railway and installing signals. Um, next week I'm out on Canberra Metro with a group of brand new train drivers that we've taken on. I think the one thing I would say is by being in the rail industry all your life and, 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 and I guess starting where I started, it makes me really realise and really understand what it takes to work in a rail environment. Mm. And not only what it takes to work in a rail environment, the work is not done around this room. The work is done at three in the morning on a drain depot or in a control centre, etc. And I've always been very conscious. I've always had in my own mind, whatever you do in life, you've just got to be very grounded and you've got to be very honest with yourself. And you've not got to start letting things take over, thinking that you are um, something that you're not. And I think that's always been good. The other part is as well, and I genuinely believe this, you know, I still get out of bed with as much energy about this industry 38 years ago as when I did it on my first day starting at Nottingham Station 38 years ago. So, and, and I think if you don't, the energy and drive, and we owe it not only to our clients, i.e. the transport authorities, we owe it to the, the people that are getting on the trains every single day or we owe it to the people that we're building a railway for. And most importantly, we owe it to the communities that we serve because we don't build railways just for the sake of building a railway. We do it because we are going to transform people's lives. Yes. And by transforming people's lives, that's not the business community just per se. And yes, it has a massive impact on the economic growth of cities around the world, but it's also about Mrs. Smith going to see her grandchildren every day. And I think we have to keep a real big perspective on what we do in the transit industry. We have to keep a perspective that it's, yes, okay, it's groundbreaking for major cities, 
But it's also transforming people's lives, allowing people to go and see grandparents and grandchildren, mums, dads, aunties, uncles, of where their lives would be much more difficult to live if that railway or transit system wasn't there. And I think that's important. And I think the one area that we do have to be more innovative on is this fully first mile, last mile, complete transport mechanism that makes life very simple. I used to have a say when I was the chief operating officer in Northern Rail, I want to make railways as easy as it is to go to the pub or the chip shop. You just don't have to think about it. It's what you do. It's how you live your life. And I think that's really important to me. And and and, and that that's important in my moral set as well, that whatever we do, whether we're sticking a, a piling machine into the ground or we're putting a tunnel boring machine through Sydney Harbour Bridge or whether we are a customer host or customer operator on a Canberra Metro or any other railway, that those principles about what we are on this earth to do are still first and foremost in our values. That's wonderful. It reminds me of um, the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey says, start with the end in mind. Absolutely. And so tell us about that, because you are overseeing the construction of some of the biggest (coughs) public works projects in Australia right now and around the world. You have to begin with the end in mind, and you've got the end customer in mind, and you know what you're going to be doing, what it's supposed to look like at the end. Tell us about the process of accomplishing that. How do you motivate the men and women who are on the job to get the job done on time? How do you make this project come in on time, under budget, those kind of things? I mean, that's why you're sitting in the boss's seat, because you know how to do that. So tell the rest of the people how to make that happen. Oh, wow, what a question. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think, I think you're right. And, 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 and some of these are generation-changing, life-changing projects. Yes. Now, if I look at the growth of Melbourne, the growth of Sydney, or the growth of any major city around the world, we are doing things that are going to be still in place and applicable in 20, 30, 40 years' time. And the growth of population in these cities without some of these mega-projects you know, being very blunt with you, some of the major cities around the world would be struggling on mobility. And, 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 and I guess, of course, it would also struggle in terms of economic reasoning because, because of that, that struggle to get people around, etc. But I think it's a really interesting point because most of our mega projects, you know, we've, we, we do anything from projects that are going to last five to ten years all the way through to some that are going to last six months. But if I then talk about what you've been talking about is some of the major projects and some of the biggest projects in the world are, are in Australia. Right. We're very fortunate in John Holland is that we're part of that and we're right in the centre of that. And, I, and I, I can't tell you how privileged I am to be part of that um, in, in the centre and, and driving. And, and, and actually, not, not, just, not, not just working with a team that is very visionary and very... And, and so are our clients because, you know, if I take Melbourne and I take Sydney, you know, Transport for New South Wales... If I look at Transport Victoria and, our, and, 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 and projects in Victoria, you know, the vision of driving that innovation, yes. and the vision of driving investment going forward, you know, these are projects that vary between six and $10 billion, Australian dollars, right, over five to seven years. Now, you know, you name anywhere that's got, got that vision or any other industry right. that's got that type of vision. 
But to answer your question about how do we motivate people, I think the first thing is, is we have to make people realise what they're part of. And when I say what they're part of, I was out at Northwest Railing not so long back, and I actually went on a station where two of my two of the, the guys that I work with, they were doing some work on platform slab levelling. And actually, I, and I've used this before, I actually said to them, do you actually understand what you're doing? And they said, yeah, yeah, of course, Steve. What you are actually doing is setting the agenda for generations to come. And your children, your grandchildren, and their children, and their grandchildren, this is going to be a legacy that you're leaving behind. And I think that's really important. You're imparting I, vision to that. Absolutely. I yeah. think that's really important. And not only imparting vision, but I think, you know, these projects, I think the beauty of some of these is what the project looks like on day one is very different to what yeah. it looks like in, in year seven. And I think to answer your question, how do you keep on budget, on time and motivation, you've got to be in the level of detail. You've got to sweat the detail. You've got to sweat the detail with your stakeholders um, and your partners. You've not got to be, you know, we have, we have a, a, a fantastic way that we want to partner. We want to partner in a very open, transparent. Success of our partners is John Holland's success. Success of John Holland is our partner, partner success. So I think really to answer your question, you've got to one stick to the program, you've got to keep to the vision, you've got to really drive the individuals and, and, and make it known how these projects are going to change the cities and change the lives of people. And I got to be honest, you, I can't think of anyone that wouldn't want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody said to somebody said to you, the opportunity is there to change the face of Melbourne, or change the face of Sydney, or change the face of Toronto, or anywhere in the world, and I'm going to be part of the biggest gig in town. You got to be want to be part of that. Absolutely, I think that's wonderful. To me, what you're talking about is something that's lacking in the public transit industry. I was with a group of enterprise asset managers yesterday where you were there at the meeting too, and I talked about the key to doing a big project is communication, communication, communication. And I said, you know, normally people are communicating to their stakeholders, they're also communicating to the public, what they fail to do a lot of times is communicate to their employees Absolutely. so that their employees are bought into what's happening. And what you're saying is as a CEO of this large corporation that is transforming the face of Australia is that you personally are going out and instilling the vision so they get the bigger picture. They're not just a mechanic turning a screw. They understand how it fits into the big picture. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, um, I, I, I guess as, as you know, the exec general manager or, or rail CEO, you've got to live and breathe it, okay? So generally, you've got to be well connected to the business. You, you, you know, you can't run a business, in my experience, and bearing in mind, you know, I've, um, I've come from both a train operations background and now a, a full end-to-end -end uh, opportunity that I, I do now, You've actually got to live and breathe it, but you've also got to be connected to the business. And that vision and that drive, that's why it's important. When you go to site, you spend time with the people. When you go to the projects, you spend time with the people and you, you, you understand what they're going through because that's the only way you can keep, mo one, yourself motivated. And, and, and I would recommend to anyone that when they're sat in an office, 
the best motivator motivator of anything is to get out and go and see where it happens. That's right. Yep. Uh, and I used to do that in the train operations world. You know, I used to go and travel with the drivers. If ever you want to see how a railway performs, go and travel with a train driver and, and, and see it firsthand. Mm-hmm. It's the best office in the world. And certainly in, in this job, if ever I want to see how a project or a railway is being built, you can show me videos, you can go through the diagrams all you like. The best way is to get on the site, get immersed, talk right. to the guys, live what they're living, and, and you will get a true picture then. Yep. You can't manage and motivate through emails. No. Emails are for the details afterwards, right? You've got to be there in person with them, face-to-face, at least on the phone. Yeah, and I think, I think one of the things in society, it's not just a, uh, an industry thing, I think we all get, we're, we're all a slave to the email, but I am still, call it old-fashioned or call it, I, still getting out there, still having breakfasts with the guys and the girls on the ground, still doing whatever you need to do is important to me. And it's an important personal moral set, mainly because, you know, that's where I've come from. Right. But how can you keep control of your business and how can you understand your business unless you're actually out there living and breathing it every day? It's great. I, and I know, I know that it all sounds very textbook, but you've got to do it. That's good. Well, that's good. That was a nice deep dive into your motivation and what it takes to run a large company like this. Let's pull back up a little bit and get the macro view. Tell us about a few of the big projects you're working on now in Australia, the scope of them and what it is you're doing. Okay, so um, we've got, um, I guess we've got the full end-to-end, really. We've got anything from, um, you know, the, um, I guess, the work that we're doing currently on, um, on, on Sydney Metro. Okay, um, what are you yeah. doing there? We're doing an old range of works on Sydney Metro with our partners. We've got... Um, I've got tunnel boring machines going under Sydney Harbour Bridge at this moment in time for City and South West. Um, we're working in part our partners, MTR and UGL. We're testing and out live testing on Sydney Metro. You know, and that project, even in phase one, was 8.3 billion. And I think, you know, the government's just committed to Sydney, you know, the, the augmentation in terms of driving City and South West, take that further out into the suburbs of Sydney. So, you know, these are the size and scale of projects that we deal in. We tend to deal with not only the construction, but in many ways we're part of a consortium or part of the conduit all the way through. Um, Melbourne, as you know, as we've talked about, we're in Cross Yarra Partnerships. We're a, a, a principal partner in that, and that is to for Melbourne Metro in terms of some of the portals coming together. So we've got a lot of work going off there, a lot of work that we're personally involved in not only in building that but also my team are integrally involved in some of the systems and systems integration um, we've got the um, rail infrastructure alliance the ria project you know and these are in the billions you know these are not small by any stretch where we're doing quite a lot of work on the rail infrastructure and that's anything from new rail lines to structuring some of the portals to to getting infrastructure in place looking at the future of, of Melbourne all the way through to some of the you know some of the smaller but more but just as important roles in terms of you know Mount Victoria we're doing some work on behalf of Sydney trains in terms of doing quite a lot of signaling refiguration for Howard for Howard yeah, yeah. absolutely and I know you spoke to Howard yeah. Howard is a uh, 
a fantastic, you know, person, a guy. His, his organization is great to work with. What about in Canberra? We met with the CEO of the Capital Cities Transit System yesterday, and you told me you're doing that light rail project? Yeah, absolutely. Emma Thomas, um, who is the director general, we, um, I, I speak to Emma uh, virtually weekly. So we're both, John Holland is both in the DNC in terms of design and construction, part where our partners have built the Canberra Metro. But we're also in, and I'm a board member of the CMET, you know, Canberra Metro Operations Limited. So we've got the concession to certainly operate and maintain. And that, that's a really exciting project, but one that is very new. You know, Canberra's never had a railway before. Right. She said it was all bus until now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's and going that, live in the next few months, absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's yeah. going live um, certainly in the next few months. We're out testing at this minute in time. We've got... On a regular basis, ten light rail vehicles going up and down the alignment. We're doing some. We're doing some uh, operational tests. In Who term. built your light rail vehicles there? Who'd you get them? From? Uh, CAF. CAF. Yeah. We, we were in partnership okay. with yeah. CAF. Um, That's so what we're using at the Purple Line too. CAF. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. So, so all of New York. Yeah. There will be quite a lot of similarities. I think it's also what we've tried to do there, and this is where you know we are doing a lot of work. We've tried to employ local. Mm-hmm. So you know people I'm sure that were working in some of the uh, the local uh, industry or the local environment in Canberra never expected to either be driving these trams or being a customer service host on these trams so we, we, we always try wherever we are and that is to be one local I guess two we try and involve the community in everything we do there and we're very, very respectful of that local community and, and, and the traditions that are within okay. that local community. So yeah. I think Canberra is really exciting. It's so exciting that, of course, I, I guess we saw it from machines going into the ground that absolutely look spectacular now when you're at the depot and you're in the control centre. Oh, uh, yeah. And you're going to ride I out. i got to go see that sometime. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And then you ride, um, you ride the vehicles. And I think... Emma and, and the ACT and the transport team out there have been absolutely a, a, a dream to do business with, with, with a shared vision of, of how we change the face of Canberra and the transport within yeah. Canberra. So. I love how you keep the vision in mind. Even though you're in the weeds yeah. of making it happen, you always have at the end in mind what you're shooting for. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about now as we wrap this up. What is the future of public transportation and rail look like for you? You've been in this for 38 years, one of the top industry leaders in the world. Put yourself out 10 years from now. What's, gonna, what's it going to look like? Is the, is the uh, Hyperloop going to be the new thing? Is the, you know, is there electric vehicles, autonomous shuttles, the first and last mile, last mile solution? From your personal vision, not necessarily speaking, you know, for your company, but from someone who's at the top of the, of the pile, so to speak, what do you see over the mountaintop? What do you see coming for public transport? Because this is such an exciting time with technology affecting things more than I think almost any other industry other than medicine. We are at the cutting edge. I'm really interested. I mean, I certainly think automation is, is, you know, if I look at many years ago when I started, if somebody had said I could be stood on a, a train that a computer acted in milliseconds of what the human brain can do, etc. You know, and of course, I was fortunate in Serco to be part of the startup of Dubai Metro. And, and, oh, wow. And, you know, you ride on that. And precision. Course, absolutely precision. <laughs> yeah. You know, we did some tests and the way the computer and the systems on trains work now is quicker than me and you can even think about all yeah. So, So that's got to be the future, but not also just of the trains, of the processes. You know, I look at some of my crews that go out doing sleeper resurfacing or relaying, doing signal integration. 
you know, I look at what the future holds and some of that will be, uh, a lot of that mechanism will be autonomous and, and, and even increase the precision. I don't think we should ever be afraid of that. I think, you know, we should never be afraid of the change. But I think where it's really moving to, and I think we have got a lot more work to do on this full end-to-end transport plan and integration, because, you know, I still feel as though we as transport leaders, whatever you are, mode you are in, as transport, as, as, our, as the transport community around the world, I still think we give some of the complete end-to-end journey and the, the, the process that people use to get that, to get from one end to the other, I still don't think we're joined up enough and I still don't think we're visionary enough. And of course, you know, if we talk 10 years, I pollute, we've got lots of other mechanisms, high-speed rail, where will that go? But we shouldn't also forget not just high-speed rail, but higher-speed rail and, and, and how we increase the speeds and the journey times, etc. But I think where it will come to is it's just this ease of walking out your front door, getting back into your front door and making it seamless, making it easier, making it, making it automated in some ways, not all, but, right. but making it easy. That's what the crux of this is to me. It's how do we make transport so easy that people don't even think about any other mode of transport. And what role do you think John Holland and companies like yours will play in making that happen? Oh, well, I think, I think to some extent we have to, you know, we have to take some of the lead on it. You know, we are certainly in Australia when I look at, as we said, you know, John Holland is fairly unique for me that it's, we're not the only ones, but we're certainly in this part of the world, one of the leaders in the full end-to-end offer. And I think from when you start to think about designing something to when you then start to think about operating, you've got to take the lead on it um, because we are the ones in the box seat from designing it to then operating and maintaining it. And if we don't start to think about that innovation and we don't start to think about what we can do to change that, and of course with the end game of making a real difference to people, uh, then no, I, I think no one else is. And, and I think our part in John Holland is probably being that centre opinion because we are involved in each of the parts. Yes. Now, if I look at a train operating company, they're probably involved in just the train and the running of the trains. If I look at a typical construction company, they're involved in the construction. If I look at a typical railway provider of systems and track, they're right. just they're looking at the middle part. Whereas I think the unique bit and the night the really exciting bit for me is that John Holland are involved in all of that. Yes. So I think by John Holland being involved in all of that, we have to play a much bigger part in how we then look at that going forward as a collective, not as individual components. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today about not only your company, but about how major construction projects actually get done. Uh, So many transportation agencies around the world, especially here in Australia, where there's tens of billions of dollars being invested, we have to make sure that money is spent wisely and the end of the project gets done on time, under budget and safely, right? Absolutely. There is nothing more important to me than customers are entrusting us to spend theirs and taxpayers' money. We have an ultimate responsibility in my mind to make sure that that money is one spent wisely, but adds real value to the business case on what that means to them. And I think that is an ultimate responsibility that I think of every day I get out of bed, is that I am actually, and John Holland, 
not just me, but everyone in John Holland, every single person in John Holland, whatever they do, we are entrusted with people's money day in, day out. And we have to be, we have to act and be responsible and we have to act and be good citizens to go, we are going to protect that money and get best value for the, for, for, for the, the customer concerned. Very good. Thanks so much for being no with us. No worries. Thank you. Enjoy it. Thank you. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.